All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 209, the playoff edition of the DFO Rundown, brought to you by Botano 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger, alongside Frank Saravalli, a special uh, Saturday edition. This will be uh, coming live on uh, Saturday. And, of course, the uh, playoffs will officially begin on Monday, four games, and then uh, the other four series will get going on Tuesday. Uh, Today we're going to preview the East four rounds, or four uh, series, excuse me, and then we'll do the the West for uh, for Monday's pod. Frank, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, Yeah, just excited to get rolling on Monday, I think. Lots of intrigue. Uh, I really don't it's, – it's funny how the Stanley Cup playoffs work because I don't really have any strong feelings one way or the other. And it will be interesting to, to sift through it with you. Well, before we get to the playoffs, and we'll have lots of time during the playoffs to talk about some of the other news, of course. Uh, Anaheim, Columbus uh, making coaching – head coaching changes. Uh, St. Louis, a few assistant coaching changes. But the big one, of course, uh, in Pittsburgh – uh, Ron Hextall, Brian Burke are out uh, in Pittsburgh. They're going to have a, a whole new management team moving forward. Uh, you had talked about this, Frank. It kind of heard rumblings in, in the weeks leading up to it that the, the changes were afoot. Um, wh- where do you think they go? What do you think is going to be the plan of attack moving forward for the Penguins? I think they're going to cast a wide net and really be patient with this search. 
I think that's one thing that really struck me about the position that they were in when Jim Rutherford abruptly resigned. I mean, it was basically two weeks and they had Ron Hextall in place and they didn't go through a huge Ron Hextall and Brian Burke for that matter, and didn't go through a deep process to get there. It was like his name was mentioned among the first candidates and that fell into place really rather quickly the team sells, of course, between now and then, Fenway Sports Group inherits Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. And his tenure ends with Ron Hextall you know, at the controls just in an abysmal fashion. And this was happening, I believe, regardless of whether they made the playoffs or not. The wheels had been in motion for the last few weeks to have a change like this come down. His track record as general manager is horrible. Seven seasons four playoff appearances, and that number actually sounds better than it could be because two of those four were with the Penguins, and he stepped into place in February. The team makes the playoffs in April. I'm sorry, like, that doesn't really – it's going to go on his resume, but it doesn't really count. You didn't do anything to build the team. And last year, the same core was mostly in place. So – you know, you think of the trade deadline, the awful acquisitions this year. Mikhail Granlund, one goal in 20 games, two more years on his contract. Um, Dmitry Kulikov, a significant contributor in our negative way uh, down the stretch for the Pens. And so seven seasons as an NHL general manager and not a single round one for Ron Hextall, who goes out basically ruining the path of both franchises in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, I saw reports already that, you know, people, oh, they're going to go after Dubas. And uh, people don't even know if Dubas is going to be a free agent. Uh, you know, I, like I look at the success Toronto's had in the regular season. No one can argue that. They, they built a pretty consistent contending team. Obviously, they got to win in the playoffs. But even if they only win one round in the playoffs this year, which I actually believe they will. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I don't see any reason why Toronto would change him. And, and if you're Dubas, why would you leave Toronto to go to Pittsburgh? That wouldn't make any sense to me. Um, I think everything's on the table for the Leafs. Like there's been a real power struggle there between Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan. And they've done a great job of keeping it lower key, lower case and lower key. But who at the end of the day is is holding the keys and who has final decision-making power? Brendan Shanahan has it and he's leveraged it on multiple occasions. And I think that relationship has, it's, it's been stressed is the best way to say it. So um, how does that play out if the Leafs win? If they don't, I, I mean, the fact that Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract would probably indicate to you, you know, what might be coming next in that Brendan Shanahan did ask the board for an extension for Kyle and wasn't granted one last summer. Um, yeah, it's like, it, who knows? I Everyone has been saying Kyle Dubas and Pittsburgh, and I think – you know, people draw lines that may or may not be there. I wonder what happens with the Ottawa Senators. Like, I think that could be a team that could be a, a destination for Kyle Dubas if if he ends up leaving. Oh, well, yeah. A young team with a lot of arrows pointing up, no question. Depends who, depends who the next Sens owner is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no. Pierre Dorian was talking this week like he's going to be the guy, but I, I, I think there's a greater than 9 in 10 chance that he's not. I would agree. And honestly, if you just look at track record, there, there's a valid reason why you could say, hey, you know what? 
there's been improvement, but never enough improvement uh, moving I, forward. I don't put that on the GM, though. I put more of that on the coach. When you're 6, 12, and 1 to start the year and your season is sunk in November, if you're the Sens, like, think about what their record was since then to even be in contention into late March. It's pretty but, good. Yeah, but but the head coach didn't uh, the head coach didn't trade um, Gustafson for Talbot. True, and there were some unfortunate injuries. Josh Norris missing the bulk of the season is a tough one, but you know we'll have plenty of time to digest. But there's so many changes already. Like I and I think there's others to come. Oh, yeah. uh, we're still waiting on Calgary. I think my understanding was they had their player exit interviews on Thursday and Friday. Uh, GM Brad Tree Living was scheduled to meet with owner Mary Edwards. Haven't heard what the discussion went like. They were having staff exit interviews. In the meantime, over the last seven to 10 days, uh, just about everyone in the front office was taken care of with a new contract extension. Craig Conroy, assistant GM, uh, assistant GM, well, he's, he's technically senior advisor, Don Maloney, uh, the equipment staff, the training staff, they've all been taken care of but the GM still doesn't have a contract. Which would seem a bit odd if you're keeping all of the assistant GMs, is it not? Well, I think they wanted to make sure that there wasn't a completely empty cupboard in case they decided to make a change. Hmm. Uh, And does it feel odd? It does, but that means that there's been a contract offer on the table for Brad Tree Living that hasn't been signed. Yes. So what is he waiting for? We know that there was an offer made from the Flames in October. Does it come down to money? Does it come down to fit? Does it come down to, frankly, who's the coach? I think there's all part of that that's intertwined. I don't think it's just one thing. And does Brad Tree living after nine years, calendar years at the helm, does he would, would he like to change it up a bit? Does he want to walk? Um, it's hard to see. Too many people walking from one of 32 positions in the NHL, but nine years is a, is a decent run. And do you, do you go and see it through or do you go to greener pastures? We'll see. Let's get to the uh, playoffs where, of course, the Penguins and the Flames wish they were going, but they're not, as uh, both of them were unable in the final weeks of the season to grab the playoff spot. And uh, let's start in the East, Frank. And, hey, let's start at the top, the, uh, the Boston Bruins take on the uh, Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins with the greatest regular season in NHL history and points and wins. And, you know, they've been marvelous. Um, the, you know, the only slight concern would be that Allmark uh, got injured, the, you know, late in the season. Uh, you know, no reports of saying that it's serious or not. And they do have Jeremy Swayman, and some would suggest that it's not that significant of a drop-off by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, what do you make of this series? Uh, how do you see it going? You know, the Panthers intrigued me just because the way that they got to the playoffs means that they had to play pretty well down the stretch. Um, I I just don't – I don't see – you know, they've got a, a puncher's chance, but not much more than that. Um, I don't think they have really the – it's not the depth. It's – first off, it's the goaltending to me. That's a huge concern. When you look at all of the playoff teams in both conferences that got in, they gave up the most goals this season, 273. Um, Alex Lyon played fantastic down the stretch, but has the clock struck midnight on Cinderella? And that's the big question. And I just think the Bruins are too deep. Their defense is too good. And Allmark, you know, even Swayman, his numbers are great. You know, you'd take Swayman over 
you know, whatever the Panthers could put in net. So I've got the Bruins in, I'm going to say, I'm going to say five games. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there, there's not much different for me when I look at this series. The Bruins are just too deep. Like they've been, they've been good all season long. I, I don't see this a repeat of the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning who won 62 games and then got swept four straight by Columbus. You know, Lindholm or McAvoy, they're not injured, right? I, I do believe that Victor Hedman injury was a big blow to uh, to Tampa Bay. I also think Tampa Bay was built a, a little bit different at that time. That's when they realized they got it. To, they needed to add a little bit more grit. Boston's got everything. They've got the high-end skill in Pasternak. They've got elite defense when they got the Vesna Trophy winner as a slam dunk and all mark. Uh, Jim Montgomery, I talked to people around the NHL and other coaches and guys who have even, they believe he might be the best technical coach in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like, bar none. So they got great coaching. Um, Florida, I felt like they're the defending President's Trophy. Um, they had a brutal regular season. Now, they did get hot down the stretch to get in. I think they'll find a way. They also have the Panthers open the door for them too. Or sorry, the Penguins open yes. the door for them. Like they don't get in if the if the Penguins no. don't drop the ball. Yeah, um, I always thought they underachieved a lot of the season. Um, I, I I find I think they're going to find a way to, to you know I debated on five or six. I'm picking Boston, but I think the Panthers might squeeze out a second game somehow. Um, but uh, Boston, a second also, home game, you mean? Yeah, the, no, squeeze out a second game. win in the series. Oh. So I think that uh, you know the Bruins might get pushed to six. I could easily be swayed to five, and I wouldn't be stunned if they swept them. To be honest, but I just I think Florida. You know, Matthew Kachuk's been really good this year. I think he'll be a Hart Trophy finalist, but they just don't have enough top to bottom. They've got some pretty good scoring up front, right? And that's the thing they can they can bite you if need be. If Boston isn't right on their game, but I'm still going with the Bruins. Uh, to me, it, that would be the most monumental upset if the Panthers can pull it off. Well, just based on points alone, they're 40 points apart. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, it's, it's a half a season's worth. Yeah. Of well, it's bigger than even Columbus teams. because Columbus was a hundred point team when they upset, when they knocked off uh, um, Tampa Bay, like they were still, you know, they were, they weren't uh a terrible team that year. They were a really good team overall. It's, yeah, it's 43 points total, and <laughs> the Panthers only got 92 in the season. So, yeah, so. Um, do you, are, so as we go through this, are you a believer in regular season series having any impact all, on how the, the season plays out? All depends when those games are played. If they're okay, played, so they haven't played each other yeah. since January 28th. No. However... They did split the season series. The Panthers were two and two. Mm-hmm. And if you look back historically, um, it actually does matter. So over the last, so this is an email from the NHL. Over the last ten years, the team who has won the season series versus a playoff opponent has a seventy-one and fifty-one series record. Seventy-one and fifty-one. That's a big deal. Yeah. So I don't well, know. Like I don't think it's going to matter was two, here. Boston one and one, right? Two one and one versus the Panthers in the regular season. Uh, correct. Two yeah. one and one, but the Panthers, yeah, two and two. Um, from their perspective, so, but the fact to me that they went two and two in jet by January twenty eighth, all four games were played. A that was. Florida's worst run of the year was before January 28th, and it was Boston's best. So when you think about how they matched up at that point in time, 
they like not to say the the Bruins weren't excellent down the stretch. They were, but they were almost unbeatable through 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 the All Star break. Like they barely lost. We're talking about a handful of losses. Oh yeah, uh, you know Florida. Uh, hey, that's why I think they might squeeze out that second win in the series, Frank. So um, I just they just don't have the goaltending. Like no, I'm and, sorry. And, like Barkov is Barkov's like the ideal matchup to Bergeron, right? He's ideal, right? He, he's just as good, if not better, because he's younger, right? This now. was Barkov's worst season yep. since, and I don't even mean statistically. He was a non-entity for a huge chunk of this year. Yep, fair. The the Panthers did end up with uh, twelve double-digit goal scorers, which is interesting. And three 30-plus goal scorers. Two guys hit 40. Carter Verhage and, and Tyler, you kind of opened my eyes to it the last few weeks. Like, he's the sneakiest 42-goal scorer maybe ever. He's got a really good shot. Like, highly, highly underrated how good his shot is. Damn. Just quietly, Sam Reinhardt again, 30 and 31 and 36. Yeah. No, that's hey, the Panthers, like, if, if you get into a little bit of a run and gun game, the Panthers can match it. They almost probably want to play that way. I don't think they have the ability to go lock it down like they, the Bruins do all game long. And if they can get them into a little bit of a, a back and forth, that actually plays into the Panthers' hands, in my advice. I agree. It's It would not be in the Panthers' best – or the Bruins' best interest to play that way. No. Like, the, the Bruins' top – if you look at their top four forwards, Frank um, – they combined for 295 points. The uh, the Florida Panthers top four actually outscored them. Now the depth of Boston's the difference, but if you if you ever like your best players have to be your best players to win in the playoffs. That's a fact. And Florida's top four forwards overall combined as a group. Like there's no Pasternak there. Kachuk was pretty close, but he's not Pasternak as a goal scorer. So they're uh, they're close, and that's why I think they they might keep this series closer than it would look on paper going in, but neither one of us is picking the Panthers. I can't do it. Is there a, is there a path for the Panthers to win? I think Boston would have to have a serious injury in order for it to happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the other uh, series involving a wild card. It's the, uh, the New York Islanders who, man, uh, they can count their lucky stars. So the Pittsburgh Penguins did a massive favor. The Florida Panthers did him a massive favor here just in the last four days of the regular season because the Islanders avoid playing the Boston Bruins. Now they play the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, who, Frank, since March 1st, the Carolina Hurricanes, like if, if people just look at their standings overall, they're like, hey, second best team in the, in the East. They're good. And they are, but they're and, – and it's to me it's a fairly big but because without Svechnikov, that's a huge – Huge loss for that team. And if you look at at them since March 1st, the Carolina Hurricanes have the 17th best points percentage in the National Hockey League. The Islanders are 12th. The Islanders have actually played better here in the last six weeks. This is my upset special. I am taking... I guess if you go by points percentage, yes, but they've mostly played the similar number of games. And by sheer points, the Canes have four more. Yeah, but buddy, I'm using your number. You're the big points percentage guy. Yeah, but the the Islanders they they play I guess they played six fewer games, so it is a lot. Yeah, but it's a lot, right? Like they had they had a six thirty nine points percentage, and the and the Carolina Hurricanes were five sixty three. That's a pretty big difference. This is going to be a very trendy upset pick for a lot of reasons, but I'm not taking the bait. 
Okay, well, see, I'm taking the Islanders, number one, their goaltending has been more consistent. And, and, and if you look at the history of upsets, if you have the best goalie, that's where you have the best chance for an upset. And, and, the, and that, the numbers back that up, I'm just from the eye test, you, you know, using your March 1st date again, the Hurricanes, as we just talked about, played six more games and gave up 15 more goals. That's an incredible stat. Yeah. 2.56 goals against was the average for uh, for the New York Islanders over that stretch. Yeah, like like Carolina is still good. Don't get me wrong. I know Hurricanes fans aren't going to like this, but oh, I'm not. Um, sorry, I'm not saying that the right way. No, no, no. It's 2.56 the Islanders. The Hurricanes were 2.54. They're the same defensively since March 1st, because they're, they're fourth and and fifth overall. But the Islanders, funny enough, Frank, have been the better offensive team, which is surprising at 3.22. And that to me is Carolina's downfall. I don't like yeah. their offense, and now they're going to have to go up against. To me, he's a top three goalie in the league. He's one of the best goalies in the league. If you look at saves above expected, you look at the um, the amount of steel wins he has in the NHL. He's top in in so many departments. He's not like Allmark's had an unreal year too, but Sorokin is just so good. I think he can get into the head of Carolina shooters a little bit, and they just they don't have the offensive punch. And the Islanders are going to get another big boost because Matt Barzell's coming back. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't think the Islanders are any good. Okay, that's fair. I'm taking. The- I just I, like I, we have enough evidence over the course of this season. Again, the Islanders don't get in without a the Caps selling off, b the the Pens falling back. Like they they got a ton of help to get in, um, and, and frankly, almost dropped the ball. If it's not for the Penguins losing to the Blackhawks, the 31st place team on Tuesday night, the Islanders are out. They gagged hard on it in Washington. Oh, hey! To start the week, mind, I don't like. That, I I don't have any warm and fuzzies about this Islander team. Like, ever, a lot of people are going to be picking the Islanders because they're going to say the goalie factor, and they're going to say Carolina can't score, and you know the Canes have been no good since Veshnikov went down. So, why are you picking the Canes? I just think they're the better team. I think they win the series. Yeah, but why? Why? Because they haven't been the better team for the last six weeks of the season. They're deeper. They're more talented. Their defense is way better. Well, see, here's the thing. You and their goaltending, if you look over the last six weeks, has been equal. Yeah. Like, if you look at their – hey, the one advantage Carolina has, I think their defense core is way better. I'll agree with that wholeheartedly. It, their defense core is infinitely better. But here's the thing. Even without Matt Barzell in the lineup – the New York Islanders over the last six weeks have scored a half a goal more per game. Okay, a half goal. Yeah, well, that's that's quite a bit. I I I guess. I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. My point is, um, it we're we're extrapolating one stretch of time, and there's way more evidence over a course of 82 games. Again, I know Svechnikov was out. I just. I think the, the, the Canes, I, I don't think the Canes are going on a deep run, but I think they're beating the Islanders. Okay. Now, the, the reason I think that March 1st matters, and I've looked at it historically for teams, 
Number one, I use that number because that's the trade. It's, you know, the, most of the trades were done before the trade deadline. There were a few uh, made on the Friday, but a lot of the big ones were made prior to that. And so players were in their lineups then. And, and teams, that's now a better reflection of who you are as a team compared to who you were in October, November. And, um, you know, now the Islanders didn't make big additions. And I think that them getting Barzell back, the fact that, you know, Brock Nelson, I what thought do you mean? they made a huge addition with Bo Horvat. Yeah. But he hasn't really produced as much. He did early and he's kind of has done. They paid him eight and a half million dollars. No, no, no. I said he hasn't produced. But I, I know, but you said they didn't make a big addition and I know what you're saying about production, but how many bigger additions were there at the deadline? Uh, yeah, I, I would probably put Bo Horvat. Mm. They paid him eight times eight and a half. Oh, yeah, they paid him huge, but that doesn't that that, get, that that they're telling you he's a big addition. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But I look, but they also lost Barzell, right? Now they get him back, so that's why I'm I'm taking the Islanders. I think it's going to be a close series. I think it's going to be seven, but I'll take the Islanders in seven. You're taking Carolina in how many? I'll take Carolina in six. Six. All right. The team now that couldn't win on the road last year. Yeah, it's true. Now let's move into the series that the one that we've known about the longest for the last two and a half months, the Toronto Maple Leafs who host the Tampa Bay Lightning who have gone to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. They won the first two, lost last year to Colorado. The uh, the Maple Leafs, of course, have they have not won a playoff series in the salary cap era. They have the uh, the longest drought of uh, without winning a playoff series. I think this is their best chance, Frank. Where do you see this series going? Oh, it's on a silver platter for them to break through. If ever you've wanted to be in this spot and face the Tampa Bay Lightning, this was the year to get them. Every single indicator that you could point to, you know, if you want to go by points percentage, again, since March 1st, the Lightning, 23rd in the league, 455. They limp in with a few losses to end the year. I, here's the thing, every, every, logically, everything should dictate that the Leafs win this series, but I'm not picking the Leafs. I'm sorry. I picked the Leafs last year. I picked the Leafs a year before that. And to be fair, heading in, they weren't world beaters. Yeah. They, they, they took their foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe they had a couple injuries. They rested some players. I just don't, I'm not convinced that they have the stone cold killers required to get through. And until they do it, I, I'm, I refuse to pick them again. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, and going with Vasilevsky and that Tampa defense core and the forwards there that know how to flip a switch. I just, I understand the standings and I understand what's at stake and what's on the line. But even just from a paper, like an on paper basis, like if you were to line everything up forwards, defense, goaltender, special teams, how many of them do the, do the Leafs win? Just on paper, intangibles, coaching, like do run through all six of those facets. Yeah. So like you, you, you'd probably like, just like without really like drilling down on it, like gut feel, right. You'd probably say Leafs win the forward battle. 
Yeah, they're, I, I've actually looked at the top four forwards, Frank. It's pretty much a wash. It's 146 goals for the Leafs, 145 for Tampa. So those like that's a wash, but Toronto's depth scores are better. So I would give them the forwards. Um, the, 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 you gotta, the, lead, the Lightning, the Bolts, depth scores are playoff guys. Corey Perry. Have, yeah. You know, I, I like the way Pierre-Edouard Belmar plays. Like, I'm not saying these guys are going to be heroes, but, like, they're hard to play against. They're they a pain are. in the ass to play against. Yeah. And I my, – my, the biggest one for this series was I wanted to I, – I, remu- I removed looking at anything from last year because I'm like, that's going to – that was going to skew my my opinion. And, by the way, I hadn't picked Toronto in the last few series, um, I, although I did pick them against Montreal, but I didn't pick them last year against Tampa Bay. I thought Tampa just had too much, and, 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 I, and they were right. But I look at Toronto this season – I think the addition of Ryan O'Reilly adds a lot to them. I think they have they have changed the makeup of their team. And, and obviously, you can't find Vasilevsky. So unless you're going to get Sorokin or, or Sterkin, you, there's no one with a close track record. And even them, I'm not sure they had the same track record. So you're never going to win in a head-up head up matchup in the goaltender. So you have to beat other areas. Um, I think Toronto... I just, I think their team is grittier than they've been in the past. Uh, I agree. Like their top end guys, like last year, their top guys produced. They gave up too much as a team, but their top guys produced. Scoring wasn't the reason they lost that series. So I think their top guys can score. I think they're not, it's not the scoring. They've had a million chances, but it's, it's when you get to the crunch time moments, when you get to overtime in game six and you have a chance to, to put a knife to the throat of the lightning you lose. You go to game seven on home ice, you lose again. And look, I know that every season, every team is different. The makeup is different. Everything's just a little bit different. They've got the talent. They've had the goods for years. Until you have the stone cold killers, I'm just not picking you and you got to prove it. And I just can't, I can't do it. I've been, I've been wrong the other way and I'm happy to be wrong this way. The Leafs are as talented as, and, and are, I consider them if they were to get through a one of five or six teams that I think authentically can win the Stanley Cup. So I'm not not a Leaf hater. I just I, I'm not picking against Tampa, and it's totally valid. The the reason why I'm picking the Leafs this year is Tampa Bay's defense is not close to the defense it was for the last few years. They still got Hedman. And it's still right. better than Toronto, though. Yeah, but I look at their overall defense core. It's it's not like when they were winning. Jan Ruda might be one of the more underrated defensemen on those teams. They really miss him. He was so good, like solid third pair guy. But guess what? In the playoffs, your third pair matters a lot. And I think you're sleeping I, on Sergachev a little bit. Oh no, I like Sergachev. I think Sergachev is the second best defenseman in this series. Oh, I like Sergachev. I'm just talking their depth one to six. Isn't good enough. Isn't as okay, good but as let's stack it up against the Leafs. Hedman won. If you're, defense, if you're, if you're putting left. twelve, all twelve on paper, and you're ranking them, Hedman one, Sergachev two, then you'd go with a Leaf next. Probably yeah, Morgan Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley, uh, it's a terrible contract, and uh, not a number one. So what are you saying? Bolts and what? Bolts and seven. Ooh, seven. Toronto's losing on home ice. Rips their hearts out again on on home ice. All right. I have the Leafs in six this season. So So they're winning on the road in Tampa. Yeah. 
they, they went to OT last year. No, no, hey. in the series. They were right in that series. Chance to go up 3-1 in the series and couldn't do it. You're right. I just, between that, the Canadians, all this baggage that they're carrying with them, the Blue Jackets, you you cough up one, shame on you. You cough up two or three, shame on me picking you. (laughs) That's, That's how I feel. All right. Now let's get to the uh, the Subway Series, if we want to call it that. New Jersey. Oh, it's called the Hudson River Rivalry. That's yeah. what we're calling it. All right. The uh, Rangers and the Devils. It's a great rivalry. We go back even four months ago online. I, I was looking at the numbers and stats, and, and there were so many Devils and Rangers fans that responded to that tweet, and I was like, oh, my God, please play each other. I love it when you have real Wait, New Yorkers said obnoxious things? Color me yeah. shocked. And sort of the devils. It was great. I loved it. Like they were just chirping each other on a, on a thread that wasn't even that um, highly sensitive at the time. And it was like three, four months ago. And I was like, please have them meet again. Like, you know what? That's great. You want, I want rival. I want to watch as a fan of hockey who's outside the market. I'm like, I like to watch series that I don't have a, a horse in the fight, but I'm just like, man, like these two hate each other and the fans are going nuts at each other. I love it. It's awesome. And so Rangers devils, uh, I am going to take the New York Rangers and I'm probably going with a lot of your reasons, Frank, on why you're picking Tampa Bay. I just, the Rangers got more experience, right? I think Shesterkin, when push comes to shove is the best goal in the series. I don't think you can argue that the, the top six, like I love Jack Hughes and how he's played down the stretch in, uh, in New Jersey, but the playoffs are a different beast and lots of guys. I don't care who you are. Go back and look at the greatest player in the game today. Even Connor McDavid's first foray into the playoffs in his second season wasn't dominant. Like Leon Dreisaitl killed it that year, but for McDavid, he wasn't even a point-of-game player. So it is hard. It's a big difference. And the Devils, I just find they don't have enough different type of players up front to win in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going seven, but I will take the Rangers in seven. Interesting, because like I look at the Rangers and I say they're one team that doesn't have a shutdown line, and I don't know how successful they're going to be able to be without it. Well, they go head to head, right? They'll put their top guys against Hughes. Yeah, no, and and they're probably comfortable doing that. Um, let's stick with those March first dates. The Rangers ninth best in the league, six eighty two. The Devils fourteenth at six thirty. Here's an interesting one, though. The Devils actually outscored the Rangers going down the stretch. Yeah. But the big difference, as you said, was in net. Yeah. And I just think they're so reliant on their goalie that if he has any off nights, and it's kind of easy to forget because you think, oh, Rangers went to the Final Four last year that that team was on the ropes and down three to one against the Penguins. Yep. Before pulling it out. And I'm going to say this time they're not as lucky. I've got the Devils winning this series in seven. Devils in seven. So we only agree on one series. Anyone listening is probably nodding their head like, yeah, it sounds about right. That listens to the pod regularly. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, yeah, we have the, we so Frank has the uh, the Bruins, the Hurricanes, the Lightning and the Devils. What can we wager on this? Um 
I don't know. I have to think about it. You uh, dinner? Good question. Oh, f- dinner at the draft? Yeah, I'm into that. All right. Yeah. But is it first round only or whole whole playoff? Yeah. Well, I think we have to go with all our picks over the course of the playoffs, and whoever has the most correct, whoever play. has the best series record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll write, we'll write them down. I think Daily Faceoff is going to be having all of our picks up at Daily. Yep. Matt Larkin will have an article coming up with everybody's there, so we'll follow along. But, yeah, we'll see. I like it. So I'm the, – the Devils are not technically an upset. No, no, no. You've got – you have the – the only upset you have is Tampa. Right. Technically, I guess I have two because the Rangers. But, man, like they're so close. I, they're a road team, so I guess in theory it's an upset. So I have, I have the Rangers, the Islanders, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs. All right, let's bring Tyler in because I want to get his picks before we do our, our our weekly question segment. Oh, you uh, put me on the spot a little bit here. I didn't think I was going to be relied on for this kind of analysis today. Well, it's, this is a three-man podcast. It's not a two-man podcast. Sure, so. sure. Fair enough. Um, all right, I'll go through it and I'll give you mine. I'm going to say Florida. I just got a feeling Florida really pushes the Bruins. These things happen, you know? A team just dominates the regular season and there's always a weird result. I'm going to say Bruins win in seven. Hot take? Okay. A little too hot, you think? No, I mean, I could, like, look, after 2019 and, and Columbus romping Tampa... I just think that Columbus team, when you think about it, they were way they were way better than people gave them credit for. And I'm not saying anyone saw it coming. It's just like think back. That's the Columbus team that loaded up. They had Bobrovsky and Duchesne, and yeah. they traded for all those guys. That it was like, I don't know. No one's no one saw them winning the series, let alone a sweep. But since then, now no one's going to be shocked to see the Bruins lose. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I like that I can actually give my picks and ha- I have the benefit of having heard both your guys' arguments on a lot of these because when you guys were going back and forth on the Islanders-Canes, at first I was like, yes, ripe for an upset Islanders. I'm with you. And then I heard Frank kind of say his piece and I was like, oh, damn, that is a really good point. The Islanders might just be junk. So I don't know. I'm torn. I'm <laughs> honestly really torn on this series because I think a guy like Ilya Sorokin can single-handedly win you a couple of games and that could very well be the difference. Um Oh, but I'm going to be lame. I'm going to be lame, and I won't pick the upset. I'm going to go with Canes, but I'm going to say this one goes seven as well. Um, Tampa, Toronto. I am going to say Toronto wins it in six. I'm going to agree with Gregor on that one. I just think they're, like you said, they had a chance to do exactly that last year, and they blew it. At some point, you know when you're at a casino and you look and it's been red eight times in a row? You go bet on black. It's just eventually you're gonna hit, right? Yeah, you know what happens when that when that's the case? I would tell you you're a goddamn idiot because <laughs> that that red has absolutely nothing to do with whatever spin happens yep. next. And so some might say that you're just defeated your own argument, Frank, that whatever right, happened in did. the past has nothing to do with it, except this is the same group of players that is wearing the same stink that now has the pressure and temperature ratcheted up to an all-time level, you go down one nothing in that series, and you will be able to cut the tension with a knife in that Toronto Maple Leafs locker room. Those sphincters will be so tight, you won't even know what to do. I'm going to stand with Leafs and Six. I think they're okay. just... It's not trying to sway you. I just, I, yeah. I, it's so, it'd be like, I, it's the trendy, it's the easy pick. Like everyone's like, Leafs, Leafs, Leafs. Of course they're going to win. Yeah, no, that's a good point in the roulette analogy. Of course they were going to beat the Montreal Canadiens the year they won the North Division. Yeah. 
Uh, and for the last one, Devils Rangers, man, I just, I know you said they don't have a shutdown line, Frank, but I think the fact they have like a solid mobile blue line almost makes up for that. Like, I think they got a good team there. Went to the conference finals last year. A lot of those same pieces are kind of back. I know they did make some ads with uh, Kane and Tarasenko. I'm going to say Rangers in six. I don't think that one gets to seven either. So I got two game sevens, two game sixes. I got Boston, Carolina, the Rangers, and the Leafs going through uh, going through in my bracket. All right. So I'm kind of in the middle of you two, I guess. You guys didn't agree a lot. I picked a couple from each side. Um, I also do have some fill-in-the-blank questions for you guys. Um, we'll start with this, because I thought it was interesting the way you brought up the Hurricanes blue line, and then you were comparing Leafs and Bolts and their blue lines. The team with the best defense in the Eastern Conference is blank, Frank. The Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. And I don't think it's that close. If we're talking like one to six. Yep. Deepest, strongest blue line is the Canes. Yeah, it's hard to argue that, but I would uh, I would say I think the Boston Bruins blue line is very Oh, solid. yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a like good. Lindholm has had an unreal Lindholm's going to be very high on my Norris ballot. Right, and, and McAvoy and Dimitri Orloff. I'm actually, I, I think I'm I might actually, take that back. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Boston. Yeah, that's a really good call. And by the way, um, as you were saying it, I was trying to, I was going through the other decors in my in my mind. I would put the Devils three ahead of the Rangers. They eh? like Adam Fox. Adam Fox, good. so good, but like and Lindgren. Yeah, Miller. and Lindgren's a good playoff player too. Um, but yeah. I I like like Dougie Hamilton is good. Oh yeah, um, like. He's going to get some Norris Trophy votes. Maybe not for me, uh, but his season was excellent. And then, like, John Marino, like, these guys are good. Oh, no, that, that I think that series might have the best, like, most evenly matched blue line versus blue line. I, um, yeah, I just think the Rangers, like, they might have the some of the best top-end talent. I just think, like... I'm not a big believer in their third pair at all. Like the the more they can keep those guys off the ice, the better off they're going to be. Fair, yeah, that is fair. I, I would agree with that. But I, I think you know what my 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 pick of maybe an, I think Keandre Miller is going to have a huge postseason. That's uh, I think he is going to really step up and play quite well. And I think that. Um, uh, Miko Law, which had, he had, he's been okay for the Rangers. I think he's one of those guys no just bueno, a solid man. third pair in the in the playoffs. Nope, I don't think he's any good. <laughs> um, and like so, that's the other interesting wrinkle about the Devils' back end. Like, how much is Luke Hughes going to play? Yeah, that OT winner was sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if is it, like that's a good solid. Like I think even even Brendan Smith is fine there. Like Severson and Siegenthal are like two good defensemen that people don't really spend that much time talking about. Yeah. Second one I got for you guys, same question, but we're talking forward groups. The team with the best all-around forward group in the East is blank. Jason, I'll let you go first. Um, I probably have to go with Toronto when they're healthy. They got the top end guys that can score. Um, you know, I, I think Ryan O'Reilly addition uh, helps them a lot. 
Um, they, they got, uh, I really like Achuri. I, I think he is just like a really good penalty killing bottom six forward. So I think one through 12, I would go with Toronto. Um, I, I'm one through six, I would go with Toronto, but I think the Rangers would give them a run for their money. Yeah, that Rangers top nine, like just so many guys who can hurt you, right? Yeah. Is the kid line going to be as good as they were in the playoffs last year? The kid That's lines, the wild card, man. That's they the better. 20, 20% of their goals in the playoffs last year came from the kid line. They're good. They're big. Like they're built to be playoff players. Yeah. But their top six is really freaking good. Kreider, Zibanejad, Kane, Panarin, Trocek, Tarasenko. Oh, yeah. That's legit. I'm going to say... 1 to 12, the Boston Bruins. 1 to 12, Boston Bruins. All right. Yeah, it's hard to argue when they're, when they're all happy. That, that fourth line, like Hathaway is the best fourth line player in the playoffs on any team. Hall, your third line is Hall, Charlie Coyle, and whoever they put on the right side. Yeah. Could be Hathaway if they move him up. Yeah, and then also, like, I'm just looking at the daily faceoff lines right now. Like, Marshawn DeBrusque. And uh, Bergeron, Zaka playing with Pasternak Bertuzzi. You're going to slot Krejci into there, and you can move Zaka down into your bottom six all of a sudden, right? Like it's just it's crazy how deep they are. And there's one other guy they could get back, right? Felino? From injury, yeah, Felino. So you'd throw Felino in on that third line, Hall, Coyle, Felino, and then what? You're running Zaka, Frederick, Hathaway as your fourth line. Like that's nasty. Or something. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think one to twelve. That's. That's Boston's advantage. They just, like, choke the oxygen out of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, last one I got for you guys. I think everyone kind of agree. Boston, number one seed heading into the playoffs. They're the favorites to go to the cup final out of the East. But your question is, the second best team in the East is blank. Frank? It's a tough question, honestly. Second best team in the East. Yep. As decided by what metric? Chances of going to the cup final. If you're ranking the Stanley Cup threats in the East, I think we'd all agree Boston has won. Who's two? Toronto. Okay. You didn't even pick them to win. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think even if they do win, they're going to get stomped in the second round. Okay. But you think they're better? Like by that, you're saying every team in the Metro will get stomped, would have gotten stomped. If we're just talking on paper and construction and everything else, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's the Leafs. Okay. Jay? Uh, The New York Rangers. Uh, I like their goaltending. I like their forward group, their top end skill. I like their depth forward. The kid line to me is a big wild card. Um, I, I I like their blue line. And also, if the if the question, the way I understood it, was second best team odds to go to the cup, well, they're not in Boston's. Uh, they don't have to meet Boston till the third round. Um, and I actually have the Rangers going to the third round because they're going to beat the Islanders in the second round. So uh, I will go with the New York Rangers. Man, that'd be pretty sick. You go Devils and then Islanders, all three New York teams playing each other in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be. Ridiculous. I think it was 07 the last time all three made it in the same year, if I'm not mistaken. But they didn't play each other, did yeah, they? No, I don't think they played each other, but I think it was 07. I think I read that. It took like 100 years for the Islanders to win a round. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. All right, there you go. That is a wrap on this Ooh. episode's edition of Fill in the Blank. I regret my answer on like a couple of those. <laughs> 
and the Toronto part. You. Like I feel like it feels yeah, weird saying terrible. all that. Like yeah. how that's how weird the playoffs are, though. Like on paper and what you actually the goods you have doesn't really it's it's a coin flip. There's some series that are definitely close this year for sure. Like it, I, this goes exactly back to what I said in the first 18 seconds of the show, which is I don't feel good about anything that I've picked. <laughs> Except Boston. I think we all agree Boston's win in the first round. Um, yeah, and then Tyler comes in as like, Panthers. Yeah. Well, to get him to seven. Still, if it goes yeah. to seven, then what? Like, anything can happen. Yeah, it's true. That's the best part about the playoffs. Anything can happen. As Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last. So if you're losing four, you're losing seven. You still lose. True. Look at the Kings. Remember the year the Kings said seven games all first three rounds and still won the cup? So, mm-hmm. hey, all you got to do is win. It takes four. If it takes five, six, or seven, they don't care. Um, all that matters is you get to move on to the Elite Eight and then maybe the Conference Finals and then, of course, the Stanley Cup Finals. Frank, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Like, I am pumped for the playoffs. I, I think the fact that there were so many races right down the stretch and seedings and stuff, we only knew one series until the final day, first, the final full day of the regular season. That was outstanding to me. Um, you know, you get a, a few day reprieve here uh, because Colorado still had a big game last night and they won. So they get the, the number one seed in the central. And I think probably the perfect matchup for them in Seattle in, in round one. We'll talk about that on our next pod. But I look at the playoffs, man. I can't wait. Sit down Sunday, relax. And then Monday, giddy up. Mm. Awesome. And if you enjoyed our Eastern Conference preview, check out the Western one next. That is coming up next. Uh, Frankie, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, 
you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.